Everybody, 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 drop your stop, 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 Welcome back to Drop Your Buffs. I'm Sean Ross. I'm Evan Ross Katz. And we're continuing our Traders Recapping with episodes 7 and 8. I would say some big episodes. Especially 8. Like 8 is a series high. For sure. I feel like if you've never seen uh, the Traders or just like reality television, reality competition in general, it's like... You should watch the Traders episode eight. Like you need no context to the game or even who these people are. It's just an entertaining episode of television. Yeah. Well, let's save our thoughts on eight and talk seven for a minute here because we were left at the end of six with a big cliffhanger where they asked Sari, well, who do you think is a traitor? And we get big dramatic music. Well, we come back and it turns out she had nothing much to say. Right. (laughs) Like, what a bad cliffhanger. I mean, it's a good cliffhanger, but it's a bad payoff. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. she basically says, well, I don't know. I'm going to go with the group. Right. Which is like one of those things that, again, and like the design of the game, it's pretty funny, which is that like, at the end of the day, that is a good excuse that you can always use, which is that like, I don't believe it was you, but the group's all going this way. And so... And this is also, this is how you play the game. Like, right, you get with the group. Going against the group doesn't do you any good. Kind of like, sorry to jump ahead, but like uh, Stephanie's symbolic vote um, for Kate instead of Rachel, it's like that doesn't do anything. This is not Survivor where you don't know where people are going. Um, you kind of have a whole conversation in which everyone is pretty explicit about who they're going with. We haven't, have we seen any like blindsiding really on either of these shows? I don't really think that's a component of the show just yet. I would say... I mean, Rachel, maybe a little bit. Yeah, but she did feel it coming. Yeah. I would say that, like, Alyssa was blindsided in the UK. Uh-huh. I would say potentially Amanda was blindsided. I was going to say that, but I something about Amanda's disposition in the roundtable made mm. it seem like she knew more than we, the audience, were being let on. I think Alyssa was a blindside. I'll say Okay, that. fair enough. Okay, so it's not unprecedented, but the point being, it's like... Even if Sari were really catching Cody off guard here, which maybe he was caught off guard by it, at the end of the day, he, I could see someone like Cody easily being like, Sari, you made a smart move. Like, I'd want mm-hmm. you, as a fellow trader, if, if my time is up, I want you to have cover here. Um, so I don't think it was like a as ballsy of a move as the show made it out to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Cody does go home here, and it's our first trader lost yeah i gotta say like it wasn't as satisfying as i wanted it to be and i think this goes back to like i've been saying this for a while now the dud casting that is cody which is that like you kind of want him to be like a bigger asshole than he is but he's not he's just kind of like a nothing burger like he's very game body in that like at least if, you know, had it been Christian that went home, um, I think it would have been a little bit more vindicating. But, like, Cody, like, he doesn't have enough personality to hate him. So him going home is sort of, like, okay, good in the fact that, like, I don't have to deal with him anymore. But 
it wasn't the same feeling of like a Russell going home, um, you know, in uh, South Pacific or something. It was nothing to that level because Cody is just, he's Cody. He's there. But now he's mm-hmm. not. Russell wasn't in South Pacific. Redemption Island? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> would have been satisfying to see Russell go home in South Pacific, though. That would have been great. Okay, I might be starting a total rumor. And maybe, maybe, you <laughs> tell me. I would love to start like, a rumor on this podcast. I heard rumblings of Russell being in the mix for something. Am I, am I like mind-bending Like here? a survivor or something? No. A Trader Season 2 something? Russell and the Traders would be good, actually. I would He'd like be to fantastic. See that. Let me. I'll give this a think and come back when it. Yeah. I don't know that name. <laughs> the challenge. Up and I, Surely no, not. He's yeah, like four feet tall. I don't know. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Looking forward to seeing Russell back on the screens. Yeah, I mean, also, wouldn't it be funny if like Russell came back and like did a total one eighty and was like a total sweetheart? <laughs> And was like, I know how I used to be, but like, I, you know, with time, I found God just... or something. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. he's like a total, like, like a cuddly bear. Yeah. Unfortunately, he has a Twitter account, so we can <laughs> deny that that's happening. It's yeah. Easy to fact check that one. But yeah, I hear you. It would be ni- It would be interesting to see a, an about face mm-hmm. from that kind of a character. But on the Traders US, uh, Russell is not there. Cody's gone home. And we have three people on trial still. We have Kate, Rachel, and Angelica, whoever that is. And one of them has to be murdered. And they go with the whoever that is. Which I have to, I, I do appreciate that, like, we're just, they are taking care of business in terms of, like, getting some of these duds out. I think that's one of the most satisfying things about this show. Because it has really good pacing. I mean, I do prefer, what, how many episodes was UK? 13, 14? 12, I think. Okay, so like I do think think we could expand to a few more episodes, um, and I think part of that is because they brought back the people mm-hmm. that had originally gone home in, in the UK version. But I think one of the big flaws of of especially modern Survivor is those first few weeks when you have eighteen players and you're just like, who are all these people? There's no stakes, and I feel like this show in the same vein it has that same issue where it's like there's tons of duds, but you you cycle through them really quickly. Um, however, I'm thinking about Australian Survivor where there's like a hundred people and I'm like, I'm ha- I'm perfectly happy to with the pacing. Again, I've only seen one season. Um, I do but, yeah. find it can drag a little. I do sure. find Australian Survivor can drag. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, but yes, I do think it's nice having two people out per episode. That said, this is one of those shows where like one minute you're at the round table and there's like, 20 people and then it's like you literally are at the next round table and there's like five people there it's just funny how it moves very quickly especially when you're binging an episode or binging multiple episodes where you're like wow this game moves fast but i like it can i ask you have have you only watched to eight yeah okay i wasn't sure if you were going to rush to completion because you were interviewing the host alan cumming yeah, interviewing past tense, not because it happened, uh, but because it uh, was meant to happen and will not be happening. Can you tell us more about that? I mean, it's just so odd and annoying, but I got reached out to by the PR company that's doing the PR around the traders, asking if I'd want to interview Alan. I was like, absolutely. 
I was super excited because I was going to fold in questions about, you know, Spice World and Romeo and Michelle's and, you know, Hamlet and, you know, just this illustrious career. I've also read both of his books. I'm a really big fan of his original memoir, Not My Father's Son, which if you haven't read it, it's one of those great sort of like the book was intended to be one way, but then something happened in the process of Mm. making the book that caused it to become something else, which is, you know, my favorite kind of documentary. But in this instance, uh, it's a great makes for a great book. Anyway, was super excited, did a ton of research, and then got the email being like three hours before the interview saying that he had to reschedule, which happens. It's not my favorite thing, but I understand. And then I got the email this morning being like, uh, about that rescheduling, we can make that happen down the line because there's going to be a second season of the show. And I was like, okay, well, like, I might have a baby down the line, or I might buy a house down the line, or I might, you know, it's like, what does down the line mean? So... I don't think also it it's like down the line. Okay, I'll interview him again down the line, but I have yeah. questions to ask him now that are relevant yeah. to the trailer season one that I have so, spent time preparing. Yeah. So I did, I did, you know, respond with my frustration. I was not, you know, take what do they say, taking it in the chin or something when you taking it on the chin, taking it on the chin. I did not take it on the chin, I took it off the chin. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but I'm just, I'm frustrated because I mean, you know, we, we have a uh-huh. podcast, right? Like, um, you know how this goes, like when you're relying on someone and you do the prep work and then you get like a, they can't do it. And for what reason? And again, they reached out to me because I was just saying to you off air, like, I'm nobody, so I I completely understand why it would be like, in the priorities of things that he has to do, I would understand why I would rank very low. However, you came to my door, you know? You knocked at my cabin. So I just, I'm annoyed. However, I'm going to replace him with someone, I was gonna say, (laughs) I'm going to replace him with someone else. (laughs) Well, we've had our moments on Drop Your Buffs, a a certain very famous podcaster, former, player of Survivor agreed to come on the show rescheduled a few times mm-hmm. flat out cancelled every time about an hour before the interview was meant to happen yeah but that's pretty his... annoying from a from a podcaster perspective who yeah, must know that we prepared to, to mm-hmm. but in his defense I mean he's indefensible okay so but like <laughs> but we we sought him out right yeah so we it's did a, but like we in did. this instance it's like Alan came to me, yeah. and then now is canceling. I and get that. That's like, I get that. That's also really bad. But to like say yes. Oh yeah. Go no, through the process. Yes to the dress, scheduling. and I was like, "What dress?" And it's like you said yeah. yes to the dress. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, not in this happening. Case, Sean and Evan have a podcast. Yeah. So, also, <laughs> interestingly, and I don't think <laughs> interestingly, and I don't think it's connected to this. But Alan did unfollow me on Instagram. But I also think he went through like a massive unfollow because yeah. I think his follow count has shrunk but anyway uh mm. in uh the supreme tradition of pettiness i unfollowed in return <laughs> <laughs> alan coming take you've, that you've been murdered <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well so has angelica angelica barely knew ya barely knew ya uh she's no azra no Azra at all. Hey, I put a poll on our Instagram about who should be on the Trader season two, because of course we got the exciting news that the Traders will be renewed for season two. Andy Cohen will be hosting a reunion with the season one cast, which is kind of a surprise and bizarre. Uh, but I have to say, I got some wild responses. One of them was you. Um, <laughs> be honest. Out of the realm of possibility. 
Fair. I mean, I, mean, I wouldn't do it. Asra is kind of like a social media presence. Yeah. Your social media presence, like. I mean, I would never be on reality television of any kind ever. But, um, but if wait, I wait, wait, wait. So the traders what? reaches out to you and is like, "We're I doing do I the traders." Do it's a flat out no. No, for anything ever. I would never. Why? Do I just don't. I, like, I don't want that kind of. It's like that's just not for me. I'm a cultural commentator. I am not that which is making the culture. Does that make sense? Well. It's just not for me. It's like, I mean. I know. I understand. But, I understand. But just, if they reach out to you, you'd do it in a heartbeat, right? The traders? 100%. Why don't we get you on the traders? Because I'm Canadian. So? We can't do anything. We can't do anything. We can play Jeopardy and now we can play Survivor. Well, I have to imagine if you can play Survivor, you can play other things in the Paramount Universe. And if you can play things in the Paramount Universe, you can now cross the Peacock We can't play. Universe. We can't play Big Brother. We can't play. You don't see Canadians on Big Brother. But like, it, it was like a specific thing the- that Survivor went out of their way to like make it work to have Canadians on the show. It's wow. very rare. Well, very, very rare. Can they make rare. it work to like improve the casting net overall? Um... Okay, that's unfortunate. Yeah, uh, that's my question, if I were on the Traders, how do you, Sean, think I would fare? I think you could do okay. I don't know how you would do with the pressure of being a traitor. I wouldn't want to see you mm. be a traitor. I think that that's, I think we underestimate the burden of being a traitor. I think mm-hmm. about this, you know, there's the games that we talked about, like Werewolf and Mafia and whatever you call your version of the game that are kind of the traders basically in the same rules i've never played any of those games but there is a game in i don't know if you're familiar with the jackbox series of like party games or like yeah, video game party games Quiplash. so in one of the jackbox packs there's a game called alien which is a very similar idea so everybody on their phones like two people in the room are assigned the role of alien and you basically just have to convince other people that you're not the aliens it's the exact same as the traders I have been the alien before, and I crumble under the pressure. And this is a 20-minute game. So the idea of doing this sort of like 24-7 over the course of a couple weeks, I think we underestimate the pressure that a trader feels. Fair. And I think it would kind of ruin the experience. I wouldn't be having fun, that's for sure, you know? Mm. So as a trader, I wouldn't want to see you as a trader, but I would like to see you as a faithful. I think it would be funny. Okay. I'd be down. <laughs> I mean, I would be, it's again, it's like, I would love to play a version of this where I wasn't on television. And then I think mm. I could really have some fun. Well, yeah, luckily this is a common party game. So you could. Now, zeroing in on Angelica for a moment, I'm on yeah, her please. Instagram page right now. Okay, great. Did you know that Angelica is a podcast host? Oh, so interestingly, Angelica, uh, her Instagram profile links to her her podcast Instagram page, which uh, her podcast is called Real Talk, T-A-W-K. Um, okay. Um, and oh. it is a, it's CBS Big Brothers, Tommy Bracco and Angelica Conti and Uncle Phil Bracco. What? Talk all things reality TV. So what's interesting about this, and this was not a part of Angelica's narrative at all, is that she's a super fan. Wow. Is Tommy I think Brocco I have some tips a, and... Like, is he a well-known player? Tommy Brocco? I've yeah. never heard of him. Is he on the challenge? He appears to not be a very popular player from a cursory glance. He's got 185,000 followers. He's on the challenge. He's on the current season of the challenge. Okay. I've heard this name before. 
Is he dating Angelica? It looks like he's dating this man. But then there's a pic of him kissing Angelica on the cheek. Well, that's probably because (laughs) she's gay. (laughs) (laughs) Unless this is his girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. He is on the current season of the challenge with this woman, Annalise Talavera, who's also from Big Brother. Annalise? Do you know Annalise? No. Okay. She's uh, she's on CBS. The Big thing Brother, about Big Brother players is it's TikTok. like mm, if you don't do something iconic, it's hard to like stay in the memory, right? Because it's a show that's like again very little. Because it's super major. I mean, I guess it's the same in the Survivor sense, but for some reason, I can like there are so many early boots from Survivor that just stay with me. Um, but also Big Brother. I mean. I guess Big Brother and, and Survivor are more similar in their casting net these days, but there was a time when, like, Sir, Big Brother just cast, like, young, pretty people and then the occasional, like, random one old person. But, like, Survivor visually, like, was just a very dynamic-looking show for some time. Even in its, you know, uh, white supremacy era, it uh, still, still was able to, I don't know, cast some memorable characters, but... Okay, Tommy Brocco is gay. He's either gay or denials a river in Egypt. And he's been hosting this with Angelica since 2020. So this is not like because she got into like the reality world. This is, I feel like she was plucked from this podcast. And so it leads me to believe that it's not impossible for you to be cast on The Traitors. Okay. How tall is Tommy Brocco? He, uh, this is, is this a trivia question for me? Yeah. (laughs) I would say if I had to guess, I would say that he's about five, seven. He's five, four. Hmm. Do you want another trivia question? Sure. In what musical did Tommy Brocco appear in on Broadway? Well, it's not, it's like guessable. Is it an adaptation? Is it an adaptation? (laughs) Is it an adaptation in the, in the vein of Moulin Rouge or Mean Girls? No. Well, hmm, technically yes, but like, that's gonna, that's, I wouldn't use that question as something to guess or answer. Because I didn't know it was an adaptation. Oh, does it have a famous song associated with it that the general public would know? No, I don't think. Uh, is it, is uh, it like a really famous musical? It's pretty famous. Uh, it does have a song, but it's like kind of in the musical theater canon. Right. So Do I don't you think know if it's I like, would be familiar with it. Uh, I, I'm learning more about your knowledge of musical theater as every day passes. So I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, yeah, that's But, like, use some clues here. He's gay, he's five foot four, and he starred in this Broadway musical. Like, not Rent. (laughs) No, but, like, you're in the, like... Chicago? No. That's too obvious. Um, So if he's five foot four, he perhaps was playing someone that's younger than his actual age. Well, what, like Oliver Twist? Matilda? You're you're close. Oh, I am? Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) <laughs> Annie you're close so is it about an orphan 
I don't know the plot of this show. <laughs> uh, yes, it is about orphans. The other famous show about orphans. Hmm, I'll give you a clue. Let's see. In the it morning. Takes two, the musical? In the morning, when most people wake up, they go downstairs, they get a pot of coffee, and then they go mm-hmm. outside to get a cigarette. in the morning people get up they get a coffee and they go outside to get something Uh a taxi Uh, well or maybe they sorry maybe they pick it up the the newspaper Uh uh-huh news Uh uh-huh boy uh newsroom uh so you don't know the show then news you're halfway there i don't know i don't know newsies (laughs) oh (laughs) This literally segue. never would have gotten it. Literally never. We could have been here all day. Listen, get a regional production cast of Newsies on the Traders. Starring Tommy Brocco. Starring Tommy Brocco. Now, this is, I don't mean this to sound a certain way, but do you remember when we had our deep, or our Azra discussion, and I made the comment and I said, this is the longest anyone's ever talked about Azra, uh-huh. which I think maybe offended some people. But anyway, do you think that this is the <laughs> do longest? Do you think it did? I didn't get any messages. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps I'm wrong. <laughs> do you think this is the longest that anyone's spoken about Tommy Bracco on a podcast? No, I think he's been on Big Brother and he's on The Challenge. And there are so he's like plenty a big of podcasts subject. about okay. that. Yeah, Fair enough. He's got almost 200,000 followers. I mean, <laughs> to be fair, so does Azra. <laughs> But I think Wait, who has there more might be followers? More real people who has more that. followers, Tommy Bracco or Azra? Azra. Okay, yeah, correct. Um, oh, speaking of which, I had an idea. Can I present it now or do you want me to present it off air? By all means. Because, um, you know, so I I didn't know that it was <laughs> No one's you here to hear about the traders at this point. They've all finished it <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> so I didn't realize that it was you that brought the View Theater over to Deja the View. I learned It wasn't that. me. Oh, you were credited with it. No. Did I miss here? Yeah, you misheard. Oh, sorry. Okay, well, the View Theater is a staple on Deja the View. Yeah. We should do the Survivor Theater. Theater. Yeah, that could be fun. Like, I think it could be really fun. So, basically, for those who don't know, the View Theater is a segment, uh, a long-gone segment on Deja the View, because they ran out of scenes to recreate, where they recreate scenes from The View. Famous fights, uh, funny moments, whatever. And we write up a script, and each of us takes a role, and we reenact it in a dramatic style. So if we were to do this with Survivor, what are some famous scenes that people would like for us to recreate? Immediately springing to mind would be like Shane Powers' fight with Courtney in Panama about the shitty apartment. That could be good. Obviously, I think the Angelina, um, Natalie, Tribal with the jacket, mm-hmm. I think could be really, really good. Um, the trouble is there's only two of us here. There's three on Deja the View. So it's like you kind of have to limit it to like interactions between two people. Oh, no. Maybe I three, think But we, it gets complicated when we take multiple roles. No, I think we do it with guests. Like I think, so for instance, is this, this is not Patreon. So no. for instance, we have a, a guest coming up, uh, a very iconic guest. And it's like we could do... So oh, you want to do it with oh you want you want to do it with the yeah. players <laughs> yeah with the right players like they have to be like so like so so like Parvati would do it 
And the, oh, she would love to. We do could that. do an iconic Parvati scene with Parvati playing a different role. Right. So, for example, we're uh, for example we're recreating the scene where oh. Sean's dad comes to visit in Borneo, and Sue is asking him about the news of the world, not the British rag, but the actual news of the world. And one of us takes the role of Sue. Sue takes the role of Sean's dad. You take the role of Sean. And we recreate the scene. I'm with you. Okay. Okay. So just book Sue and we'll get that done. Yeah. Okay. Great. (laughs) Okay. Perfect. I would love to hear people's suggestions of iconic scenes that we could recreate because there's probably some good ones. And it's like, I'd like to stay away from final tribal speeches. There's probably Um, some that we could do. Like, I would love to do the Helen Glover speech, but that's just, that's just like me. I just might really set as an episode just solo. Well, okay, so we so separate from Survivor Theater, we could do kind of like similar to the vagina monologues. We could do mm-hmm. the final tribal monologues at some mm-hmm. point in which we sort of like put together an evening <laughs> or something. <laughs> a live. We, that could that could be a live. That could be fun. We could get wigs. Oh my god. Torches. We're working. Well, hey, there the CBS store is now selling a life-size cardboard cutout of Jeff Probst. Don't know if you've seen this. Well, they need kindling for the new seasons. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that is my that is my Megan. <laughs> that thing Does Jeff Probst know about Megan? Absolutely. Jeff Has Probst Jeff... just posted this reel uh, oh. where he's promoting the Grammys, which are on CBS, and he is so weird and out of i guess it's not totally out of character because he did host rock and roll jeopardy but he's sitting at a piano but it's so awkward because his the piano is open so the lid of the piano is open so the keys are exposed but he's got his arms resting on the keys and like you know if you rest your keys on a or if you rest your arm on piano keys it'll make a big noise so he he's not pushing the keys he's just like hovering his arm there mm. and he's talking and I find the whole thing distracting I find already the face is distracting the hair is distracting wow. the arm on the keys was really distracting and he's talking about uh, he wants to hear everybody's iconic favorite iconic Grammys performances his is uh, the Foo Fighters Tracks. performing with an orchestra so don't remember that one but yeah. that's Jeff's favorite moment I'll have to look that one up in the yeah. words of Gia Gunn. Um, okay, wait, can we deviate for one other second? Yeah, sure. Can I do five quick questions for you? Yeah. Okay. Does Jeff Probst know who Murray Bartlett is? Yes. Has Jeff Probst had anal sex? <laughs> <laughs> like giving or receiving? I can't qualify the question. I think probably, yeah. Not with a man. Does Jeff Probst <laughs> oh. know who Trixie Mattel is? Um, by face, but not by name. He's seen okay. her before. Okay, okay. Does Jeff Probst know who Ava Max is? No. Hmm. Does Jeff Probst know who Natalie Imbruglia is? Yeah, he'd probably have to have his memory jogged a little mm-hmm. bit, but surely he knows Torn. Okay, good game. One more, one more. <laughs> oh, you want one from me? No, yeah, from you. Could Jeff Probst sing along to Avril Lavigne's Complicated? Yes. Hmm. Uh, he could not only sing along to it, 
it's something that's in his rotation for karaoke. I sincerely doubt that, but well, I would know, love to see it. I'd love to see it too. Does Jeff Probst know who Claudia Winkleman is? Hmm. No. Hmm. Does Claudia Winkleman know who Jeff Probst is? Mm. No. Has Claudia Winkleman had anal septic skin? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay. Can we go back to the traitors? Sure. I'm quite curious about how your thoughts on Kate have evolved because she is... Getting a slight attitude adjustment here in these episodes. Uh, She's waking up to breakfast when Angelina is murdered. She is, first of all, she wanted to go home. She didn't want to be there. Now she's ready to move into Angelica's room because it's nicer than hers. And I think by the end of episode eight, we see her like back all in on the game. Yeah, so I have like a lot of questions about the room situation and like how that would work out that someone would have a better room. And also like, so... They're, I'm assuming it's, they're at a hotel and it's like, how many, there were 20 people cast on the show. So there's 20 hotel rooms in what, how was Kate seeing Angelica's hotel room? Good question. Unless they're staying at like a giant Airbnb. I've like, Unless I have a lot of. actually staying at the castle. I know we had to confirm that they weren't. We did. There's an interview in which it's confirmed. Mm. Unless, okay, let's, let's reach out to a cast member and come back to this. I feel yeah, like can I can you message Stephanie LaGrosa? Uh, I'll message Azra. <laughs> like, get serious. Um, uh, and then my thoughts on Kate. Um, I mean, great. I think it's good that we we only, like, we had sort of dead-ended w- where we left off with episode six. There weren't many places to go. Um, but it still just feels like no one likes Kate. And also, did you see Kate's tweet from earlier today? No. So Andy Cohen, who you mentioned will be hosting the reunion, he tweeted out saying, like, do people have questions uh, that they want me to ask? And Kate responded, this is a very odd tweet, but Kate is an odd bird. Um, She quote tweeted Andy and said, not Kate Chastain from Florida wants to know why Ari is doubling down in interviews about calling Kate Chastain, quote, a cancer in the group. So it's like, I, I feel like Kate, comes from the school of reality television and is like, I'm going to instigate. But I feel like the the tweet's been up now f- uh, for three hours. We've got a thousand likes on it. I feel like that kind of tells me, you know, where Kate sits in the Pantheon. Mm. Just doesn't quite have like the snap of like, you know, a Candace Dillard from your Real Housewives of Potomac firing off a tweet like this. But anyway, uh, uh, yeah, I feel better on Kate than I did last time we touched base, but I don't think I'm, like, warming to her. Um, How are you feeling about I'll say I really warmed to her in these episodes, to the point that I love her. Mm. Is she mother? She's sister. Okay. Not sister like James Charles' sister, but she's sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a sister to me. Um, But one thing that this does make me think of, uh, because you brought up The Breakfast... A huge qualm that I have with the Traders US is it should be mandated that when you walk in for breakfast, you have to hug everyone. I feel like they got like they broke free of that very quickly in the US, Mm. uh, probably because they just don't like each other the way the UK cast genuinely did. But that is like a huge part of the game. That is like one of my absolute favorite things about it that is lost on this season. And once you stop the hug tradition, 
you know, it's like you have to keep it going or, or you lose it entirely. Yeah. So I really hope that with season two, that becomes a bigger part of the culture of the game. Well, I think a lot of things are going to have to change in season two. I think they're going to have to change the way that they murder people. What I would love to see is, and what's so great about a reunion coming is that we are going to finally be able to have reactions from the exited players about who the traders were. I think that's missing from the current version of the show. I would love to see that when somebody gets murdered, like they don't find out in a confessional, like there's a special room or something, or they go to the, they're summoned to the turret and they face the traitors. And we have this moment where they find out who the traitors are. I think that mm. that would be really special. And then that's the way the audience finds out instead of the break, which is how they get around the breakfast thing and like who comes in and what order reveals who was, you know, potentially up for elimination. It'd be like so fun to get those. That. It would be so fun to get those reaction shots of every single mm-hmm. person finding out who the traitors are. Yeah, totally. So, uh, yeah, I think that that needs to be changed up, but. I mean, another way would be like that the traders could leave a video message for the eliminated contestant. And that way we kind of get the, we get the reveal in, but it kind of makes it simplified. Yeah. They FaceTime them. (laughs) (laughs) From the turret. Yeah. From the turret. I like that. Yeah. But the Wi-Fi could be shoddy in there. But. Well, let's talk about the mission for a second because I don't really want to talk about this mission with the ghosts replacing items in the billiard room. This is a US exclusive mission. We did not have this one in the UK. And I have to say, I don't know which mission it was swapped out for. But if it was swapped out for the sheep herding mission in the UK, then oh my god, that was iconic. And this was not. Well, isn't is it, it? I mean, it must have been well, well no, because th- there is another mission still missing from the U.S. because okay. of the because of the episode. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Do we get difference? the final mission from UK? Is it the same for U.S.? Do you want to know? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Good. Do you want to know what mission's missing? Yeah. The blindfolded bridge. Remember they wait, walk across the bridge Wait, oh my god, that's the penultimate. Yeah. Wait, sorry, maybe. So wait, what's the final mission? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, the final mission. Sorry, I remember the final mission. Okay, yeah. wait. Oh, interesting. Wait, I love the blindfolded bridge. I know. It was fun. Huh. That one's so fun because everyone participates in different roles in different rounds. Mm-hmm. Whether you're like the caller or the person doing it. That's a bummer. Yeah. but And eh, yeah, the whatever. sheep one is like canonical. Yeah. The sheep one is really the moment in the UK because that comes early. And it's the moment in the UK where I'm like, oh, okay. I don't really need to be that invested in these missions. They're just, they're having fun. Yeah. We're having and fun. And I love here. the sheep Remember version Faye of Faye. Remember Faye is like, yep. <laughs> Faye is like, this sheep <laughs> looks like me. We're literally in, in the exact same page. Uh, go figure. Um, so yeah, this, uh, this US exclusive mission, um, I think it's a one and done for me. I think because it tanks, I, my guess is it tanked so hard in the US version, which filmed before the UK version, that the UK was like, okay, we got to figure something else out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's too hard. There's too many things in the room. The changes were way too subtle. And uh, I think it's that the room was all messed up. I think they should have just kept the room as they knew it. So it's, that it's kind of like a sort of like in Big Brother when they do that challenge about like things around the house. Um, that they can, you know, they've spent time in this room. They should know it. If something swapped out, they can kind of see it based on memory, not not from the past like two minutes of them studying the room. Okay. That one was a flop, but the boys' team gets a trip to the armory, and Ari gets his first shield. No, this is his second shield, rather. Um, he will get another shield in episode eight. 
So there's something going on with Shelby here where she's kind of being isolated. We're hearing a bit about, especially Kate, talking about the clique. And I don't know who's all in the clique, but I think she's referring to like Stephanie, Sari, Rachel, Andy. I don't know who else is in it. Uh, probably Cody was in it, but this is like the click that she's talking about. Well, they're just making the decisions. They're always voting together. They're just deciding who's out. And she's talking about Shelby's not in the click. And I think some people are feeling like Shelby could be a traitor. Others are not. They're feeling conflicted about it as well. And we get a little bit of Shelby's story that she's a single mother and she like really wants this money and it would change her life. And uh, it's just a shame, I feel like, with this kind of a character. One, that Shelby's just, she's a little quiet. Um, but two, like, I really liked that scene where Sari goes and talks to Shelby when she's sitting alone. And you can see that, you know, I, I do feel like there's an unspoken thing here in that Sari and Shelby are sort of like the black women in the competition. And, I, you know, this is not Sari's first rodeo. She has seen that, um, you know, in this position, and she may have felt this way at times, too, that um, often on reality shows, especially Survivor, the black women can be isolated. They're often early targets. And so I think she's like sympathizing with her, not just because she likes her, but there's also, you know, I think she's she's recognizing um, what's happening in the uh, in this reality TV environment. And I really like this moment where she goes and like, you know, she is a traitor and she has an interest in Shelby going home at this time, but she's having like a human moment with just somebody she's seeing kind of isolated from the group. Yeah, it reminds me of Ceri's moments with Michaela in mm. Game Changers, uh, where similarly, Michaela was sort of like not vibing with the group and Ceri had to like go over and kind of be like, this is what you need to do. I think though that, in this instance, this exposes sort of like one of the flaws of a show like The Traders, where it's like, if you're in Shelby's position, there's nothing you can do. I mean, mm. I guess the one option is that she wins the shield. Um, but outside of that, like, if you're not socially vibing with the group, they're going to vote you out. Like, that's yeah. just how it goes. And so as nice as it was of Sari, it was sort of, I almost felt like they like cut out the part of the scene where Sari was like, you are going to go home tonight, so do you want to go home on a right. good note or a bad note? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Sari so has a close call here, too, because Stephanie reveals to, I think, Kate and Rachel that, well, Sari told me that she wanted to be a traitor, but, you know, I know she's not, but she wanted to be a traitor. And I don't know why, but <laughs> who is it? Uh, no, it's not. Sorry. She tells, sorry. She doesn't tell... Kate and Rachel, she tells Kate and Shelby, and Shelby sees this as her like, okay, like maybe I can use this. And she kind of does. And she goes and tells Andy this, who is like really shaken up by this. I don't see this as that big of a deal. Like who cares? Lots of people would want to be traitors. Well, it's like an easier way to get ahead in the game, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, and Andy gets shaken very easily and very mm. often. So... <laughs> Andy goes and tells Sari what they heard and that Sari has this moment where she's furious about Stephanie. And I really liked this. And Sari's wearing this jangly, like, charm bracelet. I'm surprised production <laughs> let her keep it on. She's got it at the round table sometimes. She's got it in some of her confessionals. It's distracting. I love it. I, I love it. And, um, but Sari's had it. And she's like, okay, well, screw this. And, and... Andy sort of tells Sari, like, save it for the round table. And 
So we go straight to the round table and Sari opens it up by addressing Stephanie's comment. And she manages to sort of like not put Stephanie totally offside, but also make Stephanie look a little bit shady. And then things just manage to move along from that. And I don't know what it is. Like maybe there was more to that conversation or maybe Sari's relationships are just that strong that nobody's taking this accusation seriously. Um, but I thought that that was like kind of a, a really good moment for Sari to be able to be in this, what seemed like a sticky situation. Um, maybe it never was a sticky situation. I mean, maybe it was just I trying to look like, like a, maybe Shelby can get out of this sort of thing. But, um, I think it, it is a testament to Sari's relationships in that, in that house that, that this comes up and nobody is like, oh, maybe we need to look at Sari differently. Absolutely. Like, there's never that moment. I- but I think this, to your point, exposes one of the issues in casting some people who know each other ahead of the game. Because it's like, in Ceri's case, you have like her pre-existing friendships with people like Stephanie and Rachel. And then on top of that, she's able to ingratiate people that don't know her who are fans of hers uh, into the fold. Whereas like someone like an Azra... Um, who doesn't come in with fans? At least, doesn't none of her fans are in the game. I should say, because she's got fans. Two of them are podcasting here right now. Um, but like, it just that's and one hundred ninety thousand of them are in a bot farm in Russia. Hello, <laughs> shout out to them. Um, I do think that is one of the tricky things. I mean, that's and I and again, I haven't seen the last two episodes, but I know a few things, and I won't spoil right now for anyone else who's on a similar journey to myself, but. There's just a way in which like Sari was so primed for, and again, I'm, I don't know who wins who wins uh, the show as I say this, but I just think Sari was incredibly primed for success on this show, um, and I think she is extremely good at the game and like blah blah. blah but it's just like there was so much working in Sari's favor. Yeah, totally. And so the conversation moves over to Shelby and there's there's like a good argument for Shelby here because people are asking why she was voting with Cody against Rachel in the previous round table and uh you know she she tries to get out of it but i don't think she does a great job kate is meanwhile like still happy to be sent home and she's very convinced that Shelby is not a traitor. And she's like, I would rather you send me home than Shelby, which is nice. Like, I mean, like, it seems, I guess Kate has a, a, I don't know if I'd say a bond with Shelby, but I think she feels for Shelby because she's also not part of this clique, like she So says. can I ask, do you think that the producers ever forced people to have conversations? Because there's a moment, um, I think it might be in the next episode, where Kate goes in to talk with Andy, I think it is. And I just was like, there's no way Kate, like other, there, and also in this moment with Shelby, perhaps they are real friends, but part of me is like, did the producers say, Kate, like, if you're going to be here, you need to like, go have scenes with people, you know? I don't know, but like, do you think that all of these scenes are organic scenes of Kate wanting to have these conversations? Tough to say. I do think like, after Shelby is banished, and revealed as a faithful and people feel badly about that i think because it was clear that shelby could have used the money and then there's that scene where who is it ari i think and maybe rachel somebody else is outside or maybe it's ari and christian are outside in that area with the fire pit you know where they did the finale in the uk 
and uh, Kate is out there. And Kate, this is, I mean, that's when Ari tells Kate that she's a cancer. And, uh, but, but like Kate is making good, but she's like, you guys are the ones that did this. Like, this was not on me. I do feel like that sort of situation that like, they're going to go sit with Kate. I don't know if I buy that. Yeah. Like that they're going to socialize with Kate outside. Right. Yeah. I could see Kate and Andy more so because everybody seems to really like Andy. And there was a comment somewhere in here that everybody felt like Andy was, uh, of any of the players, the most obviously a faithful. And so I could see a situation where Kate's comfortable with Andy. Mm -hmm. How many followers does Andy have on Instagram? Oh, my God. 2,500. They have 7,674. But do you think that it's a good idea to be going and looking at players in the game's Instagram profiles right now? No. So might want to hold off on that. Noted. <laughs> Noted. You remember what happened with Aaron. Oh, how I, how I split it for myself. Yeah. 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 So up in the trader's turret, Alan tells... Sari and Christian that tonight they're not going to be murdering. Instead, they will be recruiting somebody to join them as a traitor. And we find out in episode eight that they have recruited Ari from The Bachelor, who previously was not on the show. Now it's time for him to be on the show, and he has accepted the recruitment. He is now a traitor. What do you think about this decision to go for Ari? Boo. (laughs) <laughs> who would you have liked to have seen recruited um i would have loved to see rachel recruited um i understand the strategy behind the fact that like i yeah i can understand why rachel would be a risky move and the fact that she might not do it but i guess my thought process is if you're a faithful and the traders come to you to recruit you what like let's weigh the options here right like what is Mm -hmm. the so advantage versus disadvantage the way i see it is at this juncture there were like what maybe like nine or ten people left in the game i guess it's like the likelihood at your it's episode eight you know what i mean like that we're at right now i mean i i I know they didn't know like but like you know we're in the we're in the final territory of the game i mean alan alan does tell them you know maybe it's not at the last one but maybe it's at this one that he tells them there's only two round tables left so right so two round tables left they've only gotten one trader out and on top of that it's not as though there's tons of understand like they're not like getting closer to figure it's like it's still just guesswork it will always be guesswork Mm -hmm. in my mind if you get the letter to be a trader it's quite a good decision to not only be a trader, but then to just target the other traders at this point in the game. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I just, think I guess, you want to take it. Like it gives you, it immediately gives you, it gets you much closer to the money. Yeah. So I guess my question is, it's like, what is the argument to not accept the offer? Because even if you go to breakfast the next morning, like Christian attempted to do, and is like, the traders tried to recruit me. It's like, and you like, let's say you tell everyone that it's like, even if they do believe you, it doesn't give anyone any information as to who the traders are. So it's, again, too, part of me is like, if I were the traders, I wouldn't want anyone else. There's this thing where it's like, it's like, oh, if yeah, PlayStation totally. wants someone, it's like, if anything, 
I would take someone with the intention to be like, let's take someone that we can knock out the next round. Yeah. Like who's someone that we don't think we could, oh, I guess you'd be, you'd be murdering them. Didn't somebody in the UK turn down a recruitment? Yes. I um, feel like that's why they had to give Kieran the ultimatum. Right. But then didn't she go, it was uh, our, the girlfriend. Yeah. Alex. But she went home shortly thereafter. Yeah. So it's kind of well, like. Well, that's the thing. It's like, if you don't accept the recruitment, then you're like easy murder right. bait. You know what I mean? So I don't know that there is a good reason to not accept it. Unless you truly believe, unless they, uh, I don't think Sari would have tried to recruit Stephanie, but let's say Sari wasn't a traitor and we had somebody else that so we had, uh, let's say, let's say Kate and Christian were traitors and they tried to recruit Stephanie and Stephanie knows from snake in the grass that there is no way in hell she's going to be able to pull this off. Mm-hmm. She's probably better off attempting to continue as a faithful. You know. Did you know that Ari is a auto racing driver? Didn't know that. And he he placed second in the Indy Light series. I don't know. Is that, that is there different? <laughs> But basically, now, it's like Ari is similar to Ryan Lochte in the fact that he had like a legitimate mm. career before. Well, usually the bachelors do. Oh, like, I don't usually the bachelors that. are successful or rich in some way. Oh, okay. Yeah. Be careful looking people up who are still on the cast, by the way. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think it was. it's a bummer that Ari's a traitor. I think Ari's a bummer. And I do think just like, you know, in retrospect, looking back at the five uh, men that they brought in, the celebrity men, it's like you get Kyle, Cody, Ari, and wait, Kyle, Cody, Ari, who's the other heterosexual? Ryan Locke, wait, Kyle, Cody, wait, Kyle, Cody, Ryan, Ari. Yeah, okay, those four. It's just frustrating because it's like all four of those guys are like such similar types. And so it's just like in the great, pantheon of reality tv legends it's just like we needed a little bit more variety yeah like ari and ryan are like carbon copies of one another both of whom brought nothing to the show yeah how would you like to have seen say okay we had the snake in the grass with malcolm ewell and earl Mm -hmm. would you have liked to have swapped anybody out for one of those three Uh, is this like a random question yeah Oh, okay, yeah, I would get rid of Malcolm easily and replace him with a winner. Sorry, no, I'm saying, like, replace somebody on the traders with one of one of these three oh. who have done this other show, similar to how Stephanie, Rachel, Oh, and yeah, okay, well, then Tariq. definitely Earl. Okay. I don't think Yule, I think Yule is not great for... I think Yule's too smart for this game. Yeah, I just don't, I don't see the social game being yeah. on point. Um, and I see, I don't think Yule would like be entertaining because I think Yule would take the game too seriously in a sort of way that's you could argue that like Stephanie is at, at present. Uh-huh. Um, and I just can imagine Yule being really long-winded in the roundtables. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I think Earl would be fantastic. Yeah, I do think there's something about Yule that he's so sort of stoic and uh, centered all the time. I would like to see him rattled at the roundtable. Mm. I think it would be fun. But I don't know that he'd be giving us what we need every episode. Okay, well, at breakfast, there is a funny moment, I thought, between Kate and Rachel, which we talked about last time, how they had the fight about their outfits. This time they came in and complimented each other's outfits. And Kate's 
continuing to make the argument against Rachel, though, she says that Rachel had this quote, which I believe she did, that she said, well, the traders aren't greedy. It's just a game. They're just playing a game. And like, that's a good example of like, you know, we have nothing to go on, but Rachel sort of like defending the position of the traders, which is a totally reasonable defense, is can be turned against her. I do feel like we needed a scene with Rachel and Kate making up or like finding this common ground. Uh, yeah, well, I'm not sure that I'm not sure that it was like a genuine compliment. Okay, but I just feel like there's like they have these two really interesting characters that are carrying the yeah. the, the tension of the season. It's like yeah. give us more scenes between them because they've yeah. obviously reached some sort of like they can coexist. Um, yeah. Well, again, I kind of love it though. I think like, there is a big element of them playing the role. Yes, absolutely. Especially Kate. And it's also funny because it's like, there are these just like two extremely white women trying to have like a shade off like in this moment. And it's just like really fun to watch because like neither of them know how to read. Um, So they're just like trying their best. And they're both sort of like, they're very equal in terms of their like powerfulness. Mm. Yeah. They are formidable adversaries. Yeah. It's like Gandalf the Grey versus Sauron the White. Don't know the reference, but sounds that sounds right. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, this is where we get that nobody was murdered. And then, I mean, Ari reveals he had this shield. So people assume that maybe the traitors took a shot at him. And then Christian d- decides to take it upon himself to announce that he was recruited. And they that the traitors attempted to recruit him and that he said no. I'm which, calling something here. What are you calling? It reminds me of like when Tom on UK decided to be like, everyone, you need to know that Alex and I are Uh together. Or when Maddie was like, I need to tell everyone that I'm an actress. And it's like, this has that same (laughs) energy where it's like, again, what are these people gaining from these admissions? In both instances that I just mentioned on UK, both times those people put huge targets on their back all of a sudden and were like in contention to go home all because they like randomly decided to share this information. It's like what, so I know how Christian justified it by saying that like he thinks that will, you know, earn trust from people, but like who's to say Christian didn't already have trust from people? I just don't see any value in making a move like this ever. Uh, I think this isn't that bad of a move. I think the Maddie and the Tom moves were bad. Those didn't make sense because those were about personal life. But the, to say like, okay, I know, and, and we don't know how much the other players know that these things exist in the game that recruitment could exist because they did say it explicitly in the UK, but I don't think we ever saw Alan talk about recruitment to the players in the U S doesn't mean it didn't happen, but if they know about it, then for him to use that information to be like, well, nobody was murdered, but they tried to recruit me. Like it does. I do think it's not a bad idea. I think Christian's just really bad in his delivery. Hmm. And he, like obviously, it really backfires. I mean, I don't think anybody really believes him. There's or it creates more suspicion than it does trust. Sari also picks up that Quentin is looking at Rachel as a potential traitor, and and Sari goes to Rachel and shares this information. And I, I I think like this alliance between Stephanie, Rachel, and Sari is interesting because I do feel that Sari does care for Rachel and Stephanie and. 
is in this position where it's like, well, for me to succeed in this game, they can't succeed in this game. And so she's having to be like, walk this line of, I want to be nice to them or like give them a heads up, but not so much of a heads up that they're ever going to beat me, which is, I feel like a really tricky line to walk. Or I guess disseminating this information to be like, hey, heard your name does further ingratiate trust, you know, between Rachel and Sari to keep Rachel off Sari's back. Like we've seen this kind of um, conundrum. I think this plays out often on Survivor where it's like when alliances break off, like genuine alliances where it's like you reach a point where you're like, I need you until you become the thing that I need out. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's not, I mean, I get what you're saying. I don't disagree. I just feel like it's not like an unusual circumstance to yeah. like have to work uh, with your friends, even though you're low key working against yeah. them. Yeah. And, and so the plan here is that Rachel needs to go talk to Andy because Andy is the most obvious, obvious faithful in the house. And so Rachel does, and it seems to be going well, but in confessional, we know that Andy is still worried that they could be getting played by Rachel. This is going to come back in a big way in the round table. Yep. Okay, let's talk about the mission because it's the cabin mission, and I feel like it is the best mission we've had yet on U.S. traders. And dare I say, an improvement on the U.K. version. No, I don't agree. Oh. (laughs) Sorry, but Andrea's moment in the cabin in the U.K. is my favorite moment of Mm. U.K., and I do not think at any point this rose above Andrea. But this might be like, I might have a bias because of my love for Andrea. Yeah, you do love Andrea. Because you, like, you think Amanda was the mother of Traders UK, where I think yeah. Andrea was the mother. Although we're in agreement. I didn't get, like, enough about Andrea. I think we got a lot about Andrea. That's such a strange comment. <laughs> like, <laughs> she is like, she is like the, of the non-final five, she is like the star of the Traders for me. And she yes, we needed more from- in multiple episodes. Yeah, great. And put her in more. <laughs> anyway, murder on the dance floor. We have yeah. her friendship Obviously. with Aaron. I know. We have the, t- the dinner table scene where she makes her new friends, which I think you yeah. said was one of the, the best scenes of the show. It is, it is. I'm not, I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying that she wasn't consistently in the show. Yes, but by no fault of hers. Like, that's something that we can bring up with the editors. But, like, anyway, needless to say, I don't think it really Well, she so might well. not have been giving the editors anything to work with. I'm not going to go there. I'm, cu- I'm coming from a place of loving Andrea. I'm just it saying. It doesn't sound like just... it. <laughs> Mommy and mommy are fighting. The thing that I really like about the US one is the bugs. Because in the UK, we just had them pouring sort of like cold water on the contestants. And here we have bugs that look dead. uh, Also, they're like describing things that like are not present. So for instance, they're like, there's rats. And it's like, there are mice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm just saying as someone who like hates all creatures, I am not afraid of a mouse. Really? No. I don't like them, but they don't scare me. Really? No. Rats scare me. Well, let's me. put one in your kitchen and see. You, I've seen them in my kitchen when I was living upstate, and it didn't bother me. Really? Yeah. Oh, I would always get a fright when I would see a mouse. 
I like mice. They're cute. I just don't want them in my kitchen. I don't want them in my kitchen either. But like in this, if I'm playing a game in which I'm like in a cabin and I see a mouse, I'm not going to be like in the same way I would where like if maggots are poured on me. Obviously. Like we've got a problem. But I do also just want to shout out like, I think this was one of Rachel's absolute, like Rachel at her best was in this cabin scene. But also it's like, this scene worked out so well because you had the right amount of like chaos and control going on. Yeah. Um, because you had Rachel who was like not only committed to the mission, but like committed to helping like get us where we needed to go. But then you also like had who would wait, who were the screaming people besides Kate? There was someone else that was a screamer. Kate and Sari were screaming together. Okay, so that was so great because you just ex- you don't expect that from Sari, but then again, like it's like okay, but like it makes sense. And yeah. then like you, I mean, remember Sari was afraid of a leaf, totally. And then because you, you like, never know what's under a leaf, and you know what's under a leaf, bugs. Yeah, and then yeah. you've Andy who's doing the Andy thing, of doing like, panic attack. Yeah. yeah. Um. I mean, I don't want to like undermine. No, their... I'm not saying like it's. No, a I'm legitimate... not saying you are. I was about to. Oh. <laughs> No, I mean, like, I don't want to undermine their fears. They are, I'm not saying they're illegitimate, but I'm just saying it's like, again, you sign up for a show like this. It just the amount of fears that Andy has brought into this game. I'm thinking about when they were upside down, where you're just kind yeah. of like, Andy, yeah. um, I was going to say Andy girl. I mean, this in the colloquial girl, like Andy right. girl. Like, I don't know if this is like the show for you. Um, but yeah, I just think this was like remarkably entertaining. The Also, the reactions to the screams from the people on the other side and how they reached a point where they like weren't reacting to their screams was also just comedy gold. Yeah, I thought it was great. And seeing Rachel, like, you know, Rachel was so in control. She was the only one of the screamers in control. And they would just like dump a pile of dead maggots onto Andy and Rachel would just brush the maggots off them. And like, just, just like nonchalant, like, you're fine. Uh, and just despite the fact that there's this person having a very real visceral reaction to what's happening, Rachel is like not losing it. She's keeping it together. Meanwhile, Sari and Kate, like there's just this shot of Kate with her face pressed against the window that I just thought like, like that was it for me. And then when they succeed and like, I really liked that because it, it was just two episodes ago that Kate refused to push the barrels. And here she is shoving her head into, you know, terrariums with creatures in them. And then that they succeed and run out. And I just love the moment where they pick Kate up. Quentin puts her on his back and I just thought it was like a really nice moment where I was like, okay, you know, like I feel like this is the real Kate, like Kate, had this moment she had fun you know she's never gonna forget this experience and it was like special it it felt special to me this this was a moment where i felt that camaraderie that i felt even if it was just for a moment that that i love about the uk so much there was also a funny comment when they came to this mission where rachel said something about how the last time i was at a cabin in the woods i was filming a horror movie or something like that and kate just immediately immediately goes was it your honeymoon? <laughs> and I feel like they there were a couple moments like this in episode eight where I was like, that it was such a good comment, but it like was the way they shot it was like it needed they didn't have the cameras on their faces for yeah. it, so it needed subtitles in order to like have it was too good to like be so throwaway. Yeah, yeah, agree. So they do well on this challenge. I'm not keeping a tally of where the money is at. Uh but they're doing well. It seems like they just like 
they're willy-nilly throwing around, you know, $40,000, $50,000. No idea where the pot is at. So before the roundtable, one of the teams gets to go visit the armory. Ari gets the shield yet again. What is going on here? I don't know. I don't know what to think. Is it truly random? Is it not? Why Ari? If it's not random, why Ari? Mm -hmm. You would think they would want... I mean, I get, like, maybe they... No, because the point of the shield is that the traitors... It could fuck the traitors up. So maybe maybe it's just luck. But Stephanie wants to go after Christian as a traitor. The group is leaning towards Kate as we see it. Uh, Christian's thinking Rachel and then murdering Stephanie. So we get to the round table and uh, it's truly like, I think, all-time reality great footage. Because Ceree's really trying to save Rachel, but she can see the group is going for Rachel and she has this moment. This is like, I feel like the third time Saria said this, that she's like, I get into this round table. I just have to go with the group. It doesn't matter how I feel. And in some ways I'm like, but Saria, you're one of the most like influential people. I have seen you change votes time and time again, but maybe in this situation, she's not wanting to put herself out there like that. Um, But Kate lays out her argument against Rachel based on her track record, her playing big brother um that she suspects that this was interesting that cody said this comment to rachel at the round table about how cutthroat she was being and that kate's reading that as you're being cutthroat because you're a traitor and i'm a traitor and you're coming after me which is like i like that as a piece of evidence stephanie's laying out her argument for kate and then and then this is where we get the stuff about andy where andy andy's sort of like tips their hand that you know that they're going for rachel and there's just, I think every shot of Rachel's face just looks so defeated in this round table. And, you know, person after person turning on her is just so visceral. Like, you can really feel it. And this is why I think that Rachel, we, we talked about this, I think, in like the first recap we did, where you uh, asked about who was going to bring the iconography or bring whatever, be the star. I, th- I think I said Rachel, and this this was why. I think this is just such an incredible sequence of events. Yeah, it's really fun to watch. Uh, again, it's like sort of like, remember how last episode I was saying that like Stephanie brings everything you want to the challenges in terms of how much she cares. I feel like Rachel has that same energy with the round table where it's like she's just so committed to the round table and to like, and the feelings are so real for her, but they feel really heightened, but that's just Rachel. Um, she really came through in this moment. I think it was weird because, but again, this is the show where it's like, how did we get here? It's like, how did these people land on Rachel being the traitor all of a sudden? And like, why is like no one else in contention? Like, I mean, yes, Ceri's name has not once been brought up. Quentin's name has not been brought up. Christian's name is not brought up. Andy's name is not brought up. It's just like these people sort of lack what I think the UK cast started to get at, which was like, I remember being about halfway through UK and being like, there's no way Amanda will go home. Like, no one would ever look to her, Let al- no one would even bring up her name, let alone send her home. And then lo and behold, she's out of there. I feel like the US doesn't have that same capability where it's like, you can't, There, there's just so many people uh, eight episodes in that have never even been, whose names haven't even been brought up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm curious, again, we've talked a lot about this, where it's like, what will season two of all of these shows look like? I'm curious if someone like a Suri comes in to a season two and doesn't automatically either have a target on their back or at least gets their name in the mix. Like, if you have this 
beloved person that comes in, can they go under the radar in the same way Suri did? I think it's possible uh, because I think it has so much to do with, you know, being in person with somebody, being face to face with somebody and building relationships. I do. I don't know that it's possible to go maybe as far as Suri's going here, but I think it's enough to get you at least a few rounds. And if you can get that far, like maybe if you're good enough, maybe you can start planting seeds. But I think that that's a skill like that's very rare, one that Sari possesses and not many other people possess. So it's going to be hard to say. And I'm curious about how the UK will go as well with that, because I think the UK is just less accustomed to sort of like this cutthroat nature of reality competition. And so I could see it. I could see sort of the season one patterns repeat themselves a little bit, which I'm all for. I'm happy to watch that again. I really love this moment from Rachel when I think the last person to talk about, you know, where they're going to vote is, is Sari and, and Sari sort of indicates she's going to go for Rachel. And Rachel just has this, this like defeated moment where she kind of sighs and is like, Sari. And I just found this whole thing so heartbreaking. She's sort of like going back and forth, swinging back and forth between these like completely defeated and then defiant where she's saying like, I'm being blindsided, a bunch of fucking idiots. When she turns to Andy and says, I do take it personally, Andy, congratulations, you got played. Like, wow. Like that's reality TV gold. That is like Sue Hawk, Kelly Wigglesworth. I love, I not, not to say that like Andy is on that level but that uh, that sort of like interpersonal drama i feel like we just don't get that like real like emotional drama anymore i feel like it the great thing about the traders is that the game is so thin that it really comes down especially at this point in the game it comes down to these personal relationships breaking down like backstabbing means something here i feel like i'm not there with you on this but really um, i okay. but i like that you feel that way oh i'm passionate about it i I hear (laughs) and then of course the votes do roll in and even while they're voting just seeing rachel looking at sari and saying sari don't do it uh i I just think the whole sequence of events is incredible and watching rachel like i I felt really bad for rachel i felt terrible for rachel yeah it's a a shame although it reminded me of um who, I don't know a specific name, but it's like, basically it's like, at least we get to know that Rachel is in 80% of the show. Mm-hmm. Like we yeah. got a lot out of her. And even though what she's in like, what eighth place or something, like even it's, she's here for the majority of our time with her. So it was not, not all for nothing. Rachel goes home. Kate's not even mad about it. She said that, you know, if I'm incorrect, uh, I'm fine with it because you're being offensive. So, so Kate uh, and Rachel kept their rivalry up to the end. Rachel reveals she's a faithful. And we don't actually get a turret scene uh, at the end of this episode, but uh, we do get a little glimpse that uh, people are still uh, not trusting Christian so much. I think it's a shame that that didn't really come up at the round table about Christian's decision to mm-hmm. make that announcement because I feel like they're, I don't know, I feel like Rachel could have gone with that. Instead, she stuck with the Kate thing. Anything else left to say about these episodes of The Traitors? Highly enjoyable. Um, I just wish there was a world in which it's like, I think we could have trimmed like some early episodes and almost like it's like, I wish we had more time at this level of the show in which it seems like there's more 
organic relationships. But I will say, I just think that something that's still lacking is it's like characters like Quentin, who it's like Quentin's mm-hmm. main role on the show is just guessing incorrectly. Guessing but outside of that, we yeah. get nothing from them. Shelby's storyline wasn't revealed until the episode yeah. in which she's going home. It's just like And this we, whole thing that she's like, she gets up in the circle of truth or whatever they call it. And it's like, by the way, I lied about my job. I'm not a kindergarten teacher. It's like, what? It's like, I didn't even know your job. Yeah, I had no idea. Um, so I still think that it's like, I just wish there was more investment in, because part of, again, I'm always going to be beating the drum here, but like part of what makes the UK show so enjoyable is just that feeling like that, again, going back to the hugs in the morning, where it's like everyone just really grows to like one another and very quickly. So there's sort of, there's the game and then there's the personal. Whereas to your point, one thing that Rachel was able to deliver in this episode was that sense of the personal mm-hmm. with both, you know, your Cerise and your Stephanie's, but also with your Andy's. And I feel like no one else was like sort of at that level where it's like, I just don't get the impression that like Ari's going to keep in touch with these people after the show. And even if he is, I don't care. Yeah. Um, so... I think that's one thing that's missing. But yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like it's definitely like, it gets better with every episode. Yeah. Well, any expectations for the finale? Um, I'm not I... asking you to make a guess of like how it turns out, but like, what are you hoping for? I, in my ideal world, Sari knocks out uh, the other the two guys and takes it home herself. I wow. don't see how the traders won't win. So for me, it's more a matter of how many mm. traders there are. However, I said the same thing while watching the UK and look how things spun out. Uh-huh. So I feel like though, there's a lot left to happen in just two episodes. Yes, there is. So I will, I've got a busy night tonight. I've got Drag Race and Real Friends of WeHo, but I will see if I can <laughs> fit it in. Okay. Oh, wait, sorry, can I add one more thing? Yeah, please. So I drafted my Dreamcast for mm-hmm. season two. Can I read it and then task you with coming on to our next episode with your Dreamcast? Sure. The only problem oh. is I don't know a housewife. I th- you don't know any of them? Not really. I know okay, like, like uh, Sonia Morgan is a housewife. Okay, but also you don't have to cast housewives. True. Okay. Um, like a dream. Like for me, a dream cast. It's going to be all Survivor players. Could I do like actors? You can do actors. I would like. I would bear in mind that like you could only go like two or three per show. <laughs> like I, you can't really do all Survivor. Yeah, but one thing that does it, make this it. a little bit it's more just complex. Like, I don't know these. I don't know any other shows. Like I don't watch the Big Brothers, and I don't. Watch I mean, the... you know, your Tiffany New York Pollards, and like. Mm, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. But also, one thing that makes this interesting is like the Stephanie LaGrosa of it all really opens up the possibilities mm-hmm. of like you can really like for instance do you know the real world no so like what are there any other did you watch the surreal life <laughs> no <laughs> no I watched America's Next Top Model okay well I mean okay. uh, I think there's probably some good people from there but I just don't remember anybody's name now I know the early I, I could pull on early season Big Brother people that I would like to Maybe see we do a Patreon live episode in which we hash this out with our Patreons. Yeah, that would be fun. Because I feel like we're all, because I don't know all reality. You know, I think yeah. we're all coming in with blind spots. The mole. Like, we got a suggestion on Instagram that was an OG mole contestant. There's mm-hmm. definitely, I know those people. Okay, real quick, I'm reading my list. Okay. So I've got Parvati Shallow, who I think has a very good chance of being cast on The Traders Season 2. Uh-huh. Tiffany Pollard, uh-huh. 
uh-huh. Abby Lee Miller, Heidi Montag, Alyssa uh-huh. Edwards, Sharla uh-huh. Bakalayan Fadu, who uh, people might remember from Amazing Race and yes. from her cameo on The yeah. Comeback. Comeback. Carla Hall, Amy Robach, TJ Holmes, Kim Richards, James Clement, Snooki, Nicole Scherzinger, Barbara Corcoran, Tamar Braxton, Melissa Beck, Christine Quinn, and Drita Diavanzo. Nicole Scherzinger is <laughs> so random. <laughs> I feel like that one's like a little shady because like she's like the like. Well, yeah. I mean, I have Barbara. She's Corcoran. a little famous to be I on mean, the traders. Mm. Is she? She's incredibly she a, famous. Uh, I feel like Nicole Scherzinger is has is very different perceptions in different countries. Which countries? I think she's a lot less famous in the U.S. than she is in other places. Hmm. I do not think people would consider Nicole Scherzinger famous in the U.S. I don't believe that. I don't. Okay, we. Have, I we think Nicole a, Scherzinger is almost like not. She's not a household name, but I think she, that's a very recognizable name. I think a lot of people would. I think a lot more people would know the name Nicole Scherzinger and who that is. Not saying that they like know her career, like all of her solo singles and attempts to launch a solo career, but like. I think a lot of people know who that is. Okay, I have an idea. We're gonna, we're gonna build on this question, and I'll I'll save it. Okay. Who's more famous, Nicole Scherzinger or Azra? Nicole Scherzinger. All right. Well, let's fix that. <laughs> <laughs> Who's more famous on this podcast, Nicole Scherzinger or Azra? Azra. Yeah. Mother. Who's more famous, Nicole Scherzinger or Evan Ross Katz? Nicole Scherzinger. <laughs> <laughs> um, both yeah. playing on season two of the Traders, <laughs> yeah, exclusively Traders. on Peacock. Oh my god! What if Cut they? To them. What if they invent? What if they invited you to be on season two of the Traders, and they were like, "By the way, Nicole Scherzinger is playing." I would be intrigued. Do you know what could possibly get me? It's like if I can get that Ozempic prescription and like get super duper tiny and be like, "Well, I'm so skinny now. I want to show it off. This could be a great forum for that." Then maybe we could have that conversation. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just a, like, like there's just a, like so... how am I going to appear on TV? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, well, that's oh, different. for sure. Because it's like in any other situation, I can control a photo of me or whatever. But the mm-hmm. idea of like being filmed from every angle and mm-hmm. like mid challenges and like just not yeah. And again, I'm not my vanity issues like are not like extreme like, but it just comes to the fact of like I just don't want to have to have it be something that would cause me unhappiness. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I hear you. I feel like I've done a great job thus far of like I try not to think about like that kind of stuff too much because um, I can really fuck with you. But I feel like that would cause me to think about it a lot. Right. Oh, yeah. I Yeah, I feel like it would be really hard to watch a show, like, personally speaking, that I'm on. Like, you know, you see videos of yourself that you didn't film or whatever. Right, and, like, and I'm always like... Is that what I look like from the side? Right. Yeah. I'm always like, yeah. Especially if it's a show with, like, millions of... I don't know that the Traders getting millions of viewers. I don't know what their ratings are like, but... I'm guessing they You know, like, like, Survivor, I think about that, like, where it's, like... Especially a show that's, like, you're constantly in your underwear. It's, like, that's... Oh, totally. Revealing. Totally. Yeah. 
Okay, we'll be back with uh, Traders 9 and 10 recap. We are going to finish our Borneo uh, recapping up on the Patreon in the coming weeks. We are going to do our Survivor Season 44 cast assessment. We are On going Patreon. To do, on Patreon. We're going to do a live Patreon at some point in the coming weeks ahead of the new season in which we'll uh, cast the Traders Season 2. And we have upcoming interview with someone really exciting, as well as... Someone, do you think the person is more or less famous than Nicole Scherzinger? Uh, I think they are Close. less famous than Close. Nicole Scherzinger. Depending on the country. <laughs> Depending on the country, but I think that they are equally talented. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Although I do yeah. think Nicole Scherzinger is really talented. Nicole Scherzinger is so talented. And also, people don't realize how charismatic Nicole Scherzinger is. When Nicole okay. Scherzinger was a guest judge, not guest, she was a permanent judge on X Factor UK, I was won over. I was like, holy shit, this woman is a superstar. Wow. So I love Nicole Scherzinger. She'd be great on The Traders. She's on The Masked Singer. She's so famous. Do you know how many people watch The Masked Singer? <laughs> I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's good that they watch it, but okay. Anyways, plus me and Ricard are covering Australian Survivor Heroes versus Villains. The first week just wrapped up. We did two episodes about the first week. Moving forward, we will be doing one episode per week. It's really good. Three episodes in, I am all in on Australian Survivor. The men are so hot. So hot. And I'm sorry to be the person to have this take, but Never mind. Actually, I won't. I'll I want to hear it. I want to hear it. I just like cast like really hot people on Survivor again, please. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that no one that's been on the modern I seasons know. is hot. That's not what I'm saying. I know. We all know what you're saying, but we want. We want. I want the my meat like tray. Michael. My want my Michael Yergers, and I want. I what I'm seeing from Australian Survivor is there's like a bevy of that type of man, so uh-huh. you get a lot of like that type of man like interaction with that yeah. with like you know. And don't get me wrong, I don't think it's helping beauty standards. Blah 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 blah. blah. I hear it all, and I want it. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's just fun some, to watch. As, as, hot uh, there are so many, and they all talk to each other, and they have this camaraderie because they're all straight. And uh, th- there is a comment in in this first week from a gay man watching this happen, yeah. calling them the meat tray convention. And I want my meat tray. Uh-huh. Surf and turf, baby. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.